Good morning, everyone. You're listening to another episode of Let's Talk Sports with Timothy McCain. Today we're going to be going into HBCUs Tuesday. That's what today's. That's what Tuesday is going to is uh, North Carolina A&T. Now North Carolina A&T has been dominant really since uh, 2015 when they won their first uh, championship uh, with Rod Broadway uh, from North Carolina A&T. He was there from 2011 to 2017. He's the first um, coach to win three black national championships uh from three different teams. So credit to where credit is due. Uh and and the current coach at AT is Sam Washington. And he actually came about the same time that Rod came uh to be his defensive coordinator. And ever since he's been there, th- th- there was a defense before 2011. AT had the 89th best defense. And ever since Sam Washington got there. It's improved to the top 20 and has never removed itself outside outside the top 30, especially since he's been the head coach. And they've actually they've won championships A&T from 2015, 2017, and 2018. And so when we talk about the HBCU, I specifically want to talk about the MIAC conference today. And I, I just want to say right now that A&T is the modern-day Alabama of the MIAC conference and the recruiting looks like that I mean they have this uh this really good quarterback from East Carolina that transferred his name is Kingsley Ifidi uh this is what uh Sam Washington said about Ifidi I'm happy to have Ifidi he has some experience playing at the college level he gives us a great group of QBs when you consider the guys who are already here for him to compete against I'm looking forward to see how that works out and Obviously, one of the things that uh, A&T has is they have pedigree over, quote-unquote, other schools. One of those is that they have current NFL players um, who went to A&T who are in the NFL. That includes Tariq Cohen, who actually is a running back for the Chicago Bears. And when you see Tariq Cohen, you see a guy who's who can do anything on the, on the, on the field. I mean, he can run, he can throw, and he's such a... An important piece for the Chicago's offense, and you could definitely see that last year. And also Brandon Parker, who is an offensive tackle um, in the NFL as well. And so, and then also you got to look at the fact that they had a uh, the quarterback who previously was there, who was a record-breaking quarterback. So they have the pedigree. So you they'll they'll get three-star and two-star level recruits. Um, they'll get all conference and all county players. Uh, and of course, all different teams from the MIAC get those, but it seems like A&T gets more of those. Uh, there's a, let's see, there was one running back that, uh, that actually, uh, A&T actually has two running backs that are legit, that were three-star uh, running backs from, from high school. One of those is Cameron Hutchinson, who's 5'11", and he's uh, a three-star, uh, he's a three-star athlete according to 24-7 sports. So I just think that, and then there's also another one, uh, Shamar Thompson, and he also is a three-star according to the 24-7 Sports, which is a legitimate recruiting site. So shout out to uh, North Carolina A&T, doing big things. Uh, The next thing I want to talk about really is Central. Now Central, they're like the opposite end of of North Carolina A&T right now. Uh, They were five and six in the conference, uh, five and six overall. And uh, they just didn't, it just didn't seem like they had the right system. But you know what? There's a quarterback that they have named Davis Richard, 
who I think could potentially be a really good player. He was a four star. He was a four uh, four sport athlete. Okay, he played football, basketball, baseball, and tennis. How many brothers play tennis? So I think that's really interesting. Uh, his final year as a senior, he averaged three thousand two hundred yards and he had twenty nine touchdowns. I believe that this guy he could potentially be a problem in the MIAC conference. And I believe that this guy could do something potentially dangerous. Uh, when it comes to the rest of the uh, North Carolina NT, there's a, I mean, North Carolina Central, there's a couple of players that stick out to me. Nicholas Witherspoon, he's a defensive end, 6'3", 203 pounds. He's a three-rated uh, defensive end by 24-7 sports. And he was named the first team all-conference. There's another, uh, this is actually on the defensive side that most impresses me about Central. There's another player named Chandler Hammett. He's a defensive tackle. He's 6'2", 265 pounds. Um, now, that might be, to some people, a little undersized. Uh, but, you know, Montez Sweat, he's also 265 pounds, and he just ran a 441. He, that was faster than Amari Cooper. That was faster than Obel, Odell Beckham Jr., and that was faster than Ezekiel Elliott. So, so you know, sometimes those guys who weigh less are not the t- prototypical defensive uh, tackle that weighs 280 to 300 pounds. I mean, the fact of the matter is you don't have to be as big as long as you're strong and fast. So even though he's a freshman and he'll get time to develop, if he can work on his body and work on his speed and strength, it doesn't necessarily me- matter about how much you weigh. It matters about what you can use, like the get-up speed, like a, a la Aaron Donald. He might not be the biggest defensive tackle, but what he, he's got an incredible get-off, and that's where he's he able to get separation and, and get to the quarterback faster. Uh, another quarterback, there's uh, another player. Uh, his name is uh, Shamar Baker. He's a 5'11", 180. He's a two-time all-conference selection. And uh, the, most Im- one, the most important one that I think stood out outside of Davis Richard was uh, Michael Cartwright, who was uh, actually an offensive tackle. Now, this one was interesting to me because he was a top performer at the Nike opening combine in Miami, and uh, he had 65 pancake blocks. So those are those are um, blocks where he just destroys his opponent. You know, to have a great team, you have to first have a really good offensive line. Usually teams that have poor offensive lines, the, the quarterback cannot get protected well, so he doesn't have enough time to throw the football or escape the pocket. And then the running back does not, cannot fill up the holes to run through the gaps of a defense. So obviously the first thing that any team needs to be successful is to put as much time, as much work, and much recruiting in the offensive line. And I believe in North Carolina Central did that. The next team that I want to talk about is I want to talk about Bethune-Cookman. Now Bethune-Cookman was the second best team in the MIAC conference uh, win-wise. They were 7-5. and five. And uh, the head coach of the uh, of the of the uh, Cookman of Cookman is uh, Terry Sims, and this is what he said about the signing day. I feel great about this year's signing class. He said, "I think we filled some much needed holes and brought in some some much needed depth. So if it was a great day overall for us, I couldn't be happier for the job and the staff did bringing in these young men. Now, granted, most coaches." Um, on recruiting day, say stuff like this. It, it really just depends on. I mean, all of them. If you read all the, if you read all the coaches and how they feel about recruiting, they they go for the needs. And uh, I will say that one of the needs that uh, 
<clears throat> that the Bethune Cookman needed was they needed to focus on the defensive side of the ball. And they really focused on that. If you look at the players who they uh, signed, it was uh, Eric Barton, cornerback, Javon Boswell, safety, Travante Cunningham, safety, Marquez Delafield, safety, Elijah Darrowville, cornerback, Javonta Houston, safety, Omar Hill, cornerback, Rashad Pratt, safety, Uriah Ratliff, safety, Dennis Shorter, safety, and Jaleek Williams, safety. So they really went after uh, the defensive, especially cornerback, um, cornerback and safety. They really went after the secondary. Okay, that that what that really tells me is that they got exposed last year, and they really want to develop a stronger cornerback, a stronger uh, secondary core. And so I believe that you know that they'll they'll be well eventually. Now, when it comes to these, and the, and the thing about Bethune Cookman is. They're going to some of these. They're going to play right away. I believe some of these players are going to play right away. The, the thing about playing freshmen in college is they're not. They they'll get those experiences and they could be incredible players. But we're talking about grown men, so that there's going to be an adjustment because I mean college in college football. I mean the men just get bigger and they get stronger and they get faster. So. They're going to get time to develop, and I believe that the core that I just mentioned could potentially be something legitimate in the future and possibly in the present. Uh, so we'll see that. They also um, brought in the offensive line. They signed in some offensive line people. They brought in Kyler Edwards, Brashire Moran, Damon Powell, Cyric Ransom, Travis Robinson, and Natel Zamini. So... Obviously, they wanted to go after the offensive line because, look, you got to have a great offensive line, and uh, they struggled in that area last year, so they wanted to get some some players to protect their quarterback because a lot of uh, well, I wouldn't say they struggled, but a lot of those guys uh, they they left a lot. They, a lot of the guys left uh, from graduation, so they need to fill those roster spots. The next team I want to talk about is Florida A&M, FAMU. There's head coach Willie Simmons, and he was at, he he actually talked about uh, some of in, on recruiting day. He said, with the new redshirt rules, which allows players to play up to four games to still redshirt, I think some of these players will be able to contrib- contribute right away. He said. And, he, and he, here's another quote from uh, Coach Simmons. One of the biggest cr- uh, criticisms of the program over the years was the lack of area recruiting. We we're going If we're going to fill up Bragg Stadium every week, then we knew we, we needed to make local and area recruiting a major focus of our efforts. Okay. And this is what. And so basically they only had. Let me see. This. So overall, F.A. Um, let me see. Florida A&M signed six players from Jacksonville, four from Tallahassee, three from South Georgia, and they also had a few others from Miami, Orlando, and some other local areas. We feel very good about this class, and we were able to address some needs from adding depth to getting bigger size-wise and adding team speed, Simmons said. On the offensive side, uh, Florida A&M signed the quarterback Cameron Sapp. He's a 6'3", 190-pounder from Jacksonville, and... uh, this is what the coach said about Sap. Sap is a winner to lead to lead his team to win over Rap Repult, which was Revolt, which won, 
which went on to win the state title. His uncle played both quarterback and linebacker at Clemson, and we feel he can come in and compete. And so the Rattlers, they also received three wide receivers, two tight ends, and let's see. And uh, the one per and the one person that he liked the most out of it was uh, De- Donovan Mobley of Tallahassee and Chris Sanders, who are both wide receivers. So I think one of the things that uh that uh Florida A and M is going to do is they're that, as you can tell that they signed on two players to a quarterback. That's the one person that stood out to me was the quarterback Cameron Sapp. Uh, and then uh obviously the coach likes. Donovan Mobley and Chris Sanders. So we're going to see in the future how well those uh, players are going to do. But another person that I thought could potentially be really good is Terrell Jennings. He's a running back from Jacksonville's Mandarin High School. He And uh, also three-star defenders like Amari Pfeiffer and and uh, Moses, Moses Telford. Excuse me if I get that name wrong. So... That's what's going to happen with uh, Florida A&M. The last team I'm going to be talking about for the MEAC today is South Carolina State. Now, South Carolina State, uh, they also had a losing record. There's only two teams in the MEAC that had over 500 wins. And so that's something that uh, that the MEAC's got to do better. And I believe that the MEAC will do better eventually with the recruiting and, and the coaching. Uh, because I think that they've noticed that North Carolina NT has gotten better. So obviously, they're going to try to beat out North Carolina NT because they're tired of, of hearing about NT because the NT's won back-to-back. They're literally the Alabama in the conference. So speaking about South Carolina State, they uh, signed 12 prospects to the National Letters of Intent, according to head coach Bubby Pugh. And this one was mostly signed, this team was mostly signed from players in South Carolina. Only one was signed out of state, and that was in North Carolina. Okay, uh, let's see. And and the reason why they only signed 12 was because they signed 22 prospects from 2018, with 17 actually playing and active on the roster right now. So some of these positions actually, and, and the thing about South Carolina State is they're expecting to have at least eight players eight freshman people playing on and off during the season so they're going to get some experience uh but for South Carolina State they uh ended up getting four offensive linemen two quarterbacks two linebackers one tight end one wide receiver one defensive line and one defensive back the Bulldogs the Bulldogs will eventually uh they'll return uh a somewhat like I said a veteran team but uh, they definitely have to get the void of a star line, star offensive tackle, Robbie Stevenson, and uh, that that's that's the difference because the defense was they according to uh, the information according to uh, South Carolina State uh, Athletics, they have one of the uh, best defenses uh, in the conference and they compete can, they can't compete with anyone. The question is, how will that offensive line hold up with their star offensive lineman Robbie Stevenson? Gone. So we're going to find out from South Carolina State whether or not they're going to hold up and protect their quarterback. And let's see. So the secondary, we'll see familiar familiar faces from last season who made an impact, such as Dwayne Nichols, Dakobe Durant, Scotty Robinson, and Jalen Evans. 
and the South Carolina State. And here's the thing about the South Carolina uh, State coach, Buddy Poe, who's actually 125 and 69. Who's, he's entering his 18th season, and he just needs four victories to eclipse most wins by the pre, by previous head coach, Emeritus w- Willie Jeffries, uh, to become the winningest coach in South Carolina State history. So props, shout out to him uh, for potentially breaking that record, hopefully breaking that record, because we need to see the, uh, the MEAC conference win. We need to see HBCU teams successful, and we, need to, and we need to promote and market HBCUs uh, more because the fact of the matter is that these are athletes. These are star athletes. These are potential superstars, and uh, they can come in from bigger colleges, and they can come in from smaller colleges, and they can come from historically black colleges. So I wanted to point out uh, HBCUs because it's a passion of mine, and I want to uh, market HBCUs as much as I can. So last year, I just want to go into the middle mid eastern. Before I go, I want to go into the middle eastern conference. Uh, for the wins last year, North Carolina A&T, they were ten and ten and two. Uh, Bethune Cookman seven and five. Florida A&M six and five. South Carolina State five and six. Howard four and six. Morgan State four and seven. North Carolina Central five and six. Delaware State three and eight. Norfolk State Norfolk State four and seven. And Savannah State two and eight. So there were actually three teams that uh, went over five hundred. Florida A&M. Bethune Cookman and AT. And so I believe that that everyone knows who AT is. And AT is doing it. They've been on ESPN. They've been winning national championship. The question will be which team will be will become a Clemson? Which team, which coach is gonna be the Dabo to Sam Washington's uh Nick Saban? That's the question. Who will come out on top? The traditional choice would be A&T, especially from the recent years, success years of Rob Broadway to a Sam Washington. It's an incredible, it's an incredible success story. The question is, who will rise to the level of A&T? Will it be Bethune Cookman? Will it be Florida A&M? Will North Carolina Central's quarterback Devias Richards will he be the key for Central to could potentially be on top one day? You'll find out more on Let's Talk Sports with Timothy McCain. Everyone have a great day and a good morning.